Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a special guest, well, technically two special guests, but only one of them can speak English. Uh, A special guest tonight, uh, Lindsay and her dog Bandit participated in this round of Reactive Redefined, and she was so kind to spend some time on a Monday talking with me so that you all can hear her experience instead of Reactive Redefined. And I think that All of you are really going to fall in love with them and their story, and you're just going to cheer along as you hear all the progress they have made. Okay, so Lindsay, I kind of spoiled it and introduced you (laughs) to everyone, but do you want to go ahead and introduce Bandit? Just tell us a little bit more about him, his age, what he's he's made up of, and then we'll kind of talk about how he came into your life. Uh, Sure. Um, Bandit is, looks like a Dr. Seuss character. Um, (laughs) Yes, Yes, he does. (laughs) he's really fluffy and he has little tiny legs and a big long body and the big giant bark um he I've just got his DNA test back so he's like 45% healer uh 16% St. Bernard 12% Basset Hound and then a bunch of other like big furry dogs (laughs) yeah he does look like a cartoon character, right? Yes. Like, how yeah. are you even real? Like, with your yeah. fluffy black head, but then your speckly body and your short legs? Like, Right. And the number of people who, you know, will be out driving, they'll just pull over and roll up their windows down and ask me, like, what kind of dog is that? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I actually know exactly. Would you like to yeah. know the exact yeah. percentage? I actually, I used that on Saturday. I, so a lady stopped when we were on a walk and asked what he was. So I was like, I can tell you exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. And how old is he now? Um, he is three. He'll be four in July, I believe. Okay. Okay. So walk us back a little bit. Tell us about how Bandit came into your life. How old was he? How did you get him? Tell everybody. Um, I had just lost my, my senior beagle and then I saw Bandit posted on my local humane society's uh, Facebook page like three days later. (laughs) So, uh, I went to get him and he was 11 months old at that point. Um, I, I kind of knew from just what they said at the Humane Society that he might be kind of an issue. Um, they said that they weren't able to do the heartworm test because he, uh, he, he was acting like he was going to bite the, uh, the vet tech trying to stick the stick up his butt. So, um, but honestly, I, you know, I brought him home and I took him like that same day to pickleball. And he saw a bunch of dogs and a bunch of people and he was just fine. Like obviously a little freaked out because he's in a new place and everything, but you know, no problems there. And then there was an outdoor graduation party, like pretty soon after that. Granted, this is June, 2020. So, you know, it's weird. The world is weird at this point. Very, (laughs) very strange. And, but we went to that, that graduation party and he probably saw 20 people and let them all pet him and he was fine. So I was like, they've got the wrong dog when they told me that he was, you know, was a bad dog. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I didn't believe it. Um, 
And then, I don't know, it's just, there were just little things along the way, like um, my neighbor, I got a new neighbor across the way and he was going out to get his mail when we were outside and Bandit was lunging at him. But I thought in the past that had just meant he wanted to say hi. So I was like, oh, he's friendly. And then Bandit snapped at him. So it's like the worst, the worst thing ever. Um, okay, and like, it's like, and it's also one of those moments where like he's giving you no reason to not like let him just interact with people yeah. and things like that happen, and it's kind of like you have to do like like you have to reflect on it. Like, excuse me, what just happened? Like, I thought you weren't this dog. Like, yeah, exactly. That's I that that really threw me for a loop when he did that. But of course, I was mortified. So then after that, I was just very cautious with with male strangers, but. I don't know. It's just a winter time rolled around and, um, you know, we're in the depths of COVID lockdown. And so just more and more isolated. And then, and then it just seemed like things switched for him. And then all strangers were bad. All dogs were bad. Um, nobody can come into the house. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was just like the perfect storm of COVID winter and he was hitting social maturity. Right? Yeah. Like all yeah. three of those things really just hit at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you just want to just speak just a little bit to uh, maybe kind of how you were feeling at that time? Because I can empathize. I've been there. It is an emotional roller coaster to feel like you like hit the jackpot. You get yeah. this dog. All these things are going well. And then it feels like it kind of comes crashing down on you. Yeah, I, I was I, I honestly didn't know what to think because. I mean, I always had a dog growing up, but they were kind of the, you know, the dogs that were outside and then they came in for bad weather. Um, and then the dog I had before him, that was just my dog. She was the, like the easiest dog ever. She just needed to be fed in, you know, a pee pad and that was it. What was <laughs> her name? Dory. Oh my God. Dory. Shout out to Dory for yeah. being an easy dog, right? Like, yeah. thank you, Dory, for that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um so I didn't, I was kind of lost. And at that point I had, I had gotten, ha, created an Instagram for him just because he's so funny looking. And <laughs> so I was like asking people like, what would you, what would you do? Cause I, I followed some reactive dogs and I didn't even really know what that was. Um, and for a while I was considering a board and train and that everyone shut me down on that really quickly. So I'm, oh my I'm God, I'm so glad people were <laughs> yeah. like, no, don't do that. Yeah. It's not a good yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I've just, I, I think I started following you around that time and just was trying to, you know, do some things here just to, you know, desensitize him to things, but I don't know. It just, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity because it was, you know, lockdown, scary COVID times. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So did you work with a trainer before you worked with us? Uh, yeah, I hired just somebody I found on Facebook. Um, I don't know if he had any type of certifications or anything. He was very flaky, He, but he, it was nice because it was a man coming into my house. So just well, at least got the repetition of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know how much it helped. Um, his, his solution for everything was bitter apple spray. It seemed like, so yeah, he wanted me to, to, uh, spray it on my, spray the bitter apple spray in my hand and then put my hand in his mouth. 
to get him to stop barking and, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's, that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm going to get bit. And that seems yeah. so dangerous. I would never yeah. suggest you put your hand in front of his mouth while yeah. he's reacting. Oh yeah. My or, God. or stick the, the whole bottle into his mouth. Like, and how am I going to get him into place so that I can, without him running away from me, because he hates bitter apple spray, but I don't know. It's just, Okay. Okay. So it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't really much of a, because you worked on like some manners, right? Like you worked on just like some basic skills, like down because he already had like an existing, like stationing behavior. Right. Right. I, I worked on place with, with that trainer, but I had already, you know, all the other stuff that he wanted to teach him, we already knew. So, um, but he, he had assured me that he was, he was good at behavioral modification. So, but that wasn't really the case. Oh my God. Right. So you're like, okay, well, we're just going to cut our losses and just move forward with our life. Yeah. He didn't even show up for his last visit that I paid for. So it's like, at this point, I don't, whatever. You kind of just didn't even want him to come back, right? Right. "Eh, That's probably okay. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. So can you just fill the listeners in a little bit of like before you joined Reactive Redefined, kind of just give them a scope of his reactivity. So obviously strangers are challenging. Just give everybody some more insight into some of those other reactive behaviors you were seeing. Yeah, uh, strangers and dogs and people coming in. But then um, early last year, my dad uh, was unable to drive for six months. So I... I normally work from home. And so I started working from my parents' house at that time. So we were there like four or five days a week, um, just to be the, around if my dad needed uh, to run an errand or something. Um, and I noticed that he became very reactive to my dad. Um, like just walking past where I had set up an office. Um, anytime, anytime he would walk past that doorway, bandit would get up and be really alert. And then at one point, my dad walked in to that room when I was in there and he, he snapped at him. Um, And then it just kind of progressively got worse from there. It's like, not just being in that room, but being anywhere in the house where Bandit, where I am. Um, And my dad like walks into the room or, you know, just basically anytime he moves around, my dad, my Bandit is, you know, jumping on him and trying to bite his hand or, you know, just all up in his business. So. Right. And like things that we don't really want to happen, especially when we're very close with our families and we spend a lot of time with them, right? Like a big contingency in your life is making sure that Bandit can safely spend time at your parents' house. Yeah. And he, that's where he goes when I'm out of town and, you know, (laughs) he spends a lot of time there when I'm not around too. So it's, it was getting, we were reaching a breaking point before I joined here because I was like, something's got to give because I'm feeling uncomfortable even leaving him, you know, for a day. Right. Right. With my, when my mom and dad are at the house. So. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think that that, that sets the stage really nicely. So mm-hmm. and yeah, right. Like um, we need to keep Bandit and your dad safe. So I'm so yeah. glad that you joined. I'm so like, <laughs> obviously not fun when your dog is like aggressing at your dad, but also yeah. like, okay, it's time. Like we need some more support here. We need right, some more right. support here. Okay. Right. And then in addition to some of the reactive behaviors he can display at your dad, um, the, the, 
uh, stranger danger, we can label it, that happens inside, sometimes mm-hmm. outside on leash, but then he was also a bit reactive to dogs on leash, right? Like yes. mm-hmm. typical lungy, barky. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's like dogs with a barrier. Like if a dog's behind a fence or dogs inside, like barking out a window or dogs on a leash, the, those are the, probably the worst for him. And I love so much how you can, you can tell everybody that because I, everyone just to give you more insight when, when we have people join reactive redefine right from the beginning, we get them started with a triggers list, right? Like writing down, what are the triggers? Was that helpful to like, just kind of see it written down? Like, okay, these are the specific things that are difficult. Yeah. I felt like I could have like kept, you know, listing things for forever as things popped into my head. (laughs) Who knows if I got them all written down at that time. Oh my God. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the early strategies we worked on, um, particularly with your dad, right? So because you already had an existing place queue, what we did is we used that as management while we set up some behavior modification opportunities, right? To help Bandit feel just a little bit more comfortable with your dad coming into the room. Because I just want to give everyone a little bit more insight. When you weren't there... Bandit was actually doing okay with your dad. A lot of yeah. the reactive behavior was surrounded around you being there. Yes. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which actually made it a lot easier because like you being there, they're like, okay, cool. We can do all these training opportunities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we combined place and we were doing some behavior modification. Do you want to mm-hmm. just kind of speak to like how that felt getting the video feedback, executing it, doing it more? Do you want to just kind of give the listeners some insight into that? Yeah, we were doing a look at that as my dad was kind of moving around. And um, at first it was kind of, my dad was pretty hesitant. He's like, you know, wondering what the heck we're doing. Um, So at first it was hard to get his participation to like, oh, stand up and move around instead of just sitting there and, you know, talking to him while while Band is staring at him. But, um, you know, as a few you know, as the weeks went on, it, it was easier for my dad to kind of get up and move around and see like the benefit of um, him moving closer and Bandit not automatically jumping off his place and, you know, trying to, you know, jump in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it seemed like he, he got it really, really quickly. Um, he was staying on the threshold like within, you know, a day or two. Um but yeah, just those those repeti- repetitions were were good for him. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think it can be it can be kind of intimidating, right? Because like obviously we talk one on one. I tell you exactly what to do, set it up, mm-hmm. film it. But then trying to like explain to other people, right? Particularly your dad in this case, like mm-hmm. why you're doing it and why it makes sense and why we're doing it sometimes could be hard, right? Like yeah. it makes so much sense when we talk one-on-one and I tell you and you're like, oh my God, yes. But then I'm sure your dad asks questions and you're like, uh, I don't know, dad, but can you just take my word yeah. for it? Like yeah, I just exactly. need to help me here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And your dad really, and your mom too, to your mom's credit, right? They both really were helpful right and understanding like mm-hmm. okay but I really just need you to like stand up and approach him and then walk away like and I'm just gonna do my thing right mm-hmm. like, we're just gonna work on that yeah um, okay and then how did it feel getting like the feedback on the videos right because I remember that first one you uploaded you executed it so beautifully you already have really good handling skills but there were mm-hmm. just a few body language things where like 
okay, we need to watch for this and make sure that if that happens, we do something differently. How did it feel to like get that video feedback after you worked on that first behavior modification session? It was, I was super appreciative of it because I could tell like just with those little tweaks, like the fact that I was leaving my hand in the tree pouch. um, So obviously Bandit knows something's coming. So just taking my hand out of the tree pouch, it felt like we were making a progression the next time we did it instead of, you know, he, he knows what's coming. So I don't know. I, I really appreciate the feedback on all the videos we, we upload. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's just, there's so much subtle nuance, right? Like there's just so much subtle nuance when it comes to the behavior modification and bandit is totally the dog who like, you've got the treats and you're like, okay, we're going to do this. And he's like, cool, I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily what we were trying to accomplish, right? Because we knew that if you had your treat pouch on and Vanna was paying attention, we could probably troubleshoot it. But the, but the long-term goal was that like, we helped him feel more comfortable with your dad approaching so that it didn't always have to be a training session. Right. 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 It didn't yeah. always have to be like you had the tree patch on, you were doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing that video, it was really easy for me to be like, this is a brilliant start, but we need to make a couple of tweaks looking forward, right. At the long-term trajectory of this. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, it's just one of those simple things that, if you don't know, right, you don't know, right? And yeah, we were able exactly. to really get in there and be like, okay, let's tweak this. Just one or two things. Yeah. One or two things. And I mean, to your credit, you did it. You put in the, I was like, do this, film it. You did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we were able to just be like, okay, let's move forward. Let's do this. Okay. So obviously it's taken several repetitions, right? Over the last three months of working on this. But mm-hmm. um, do you want to just give the listeners just a little bit more insight of like where you're currently at with that behavior specifically, like him being reactive at your dad? Um, So he, he still has a little bit of it. Um, yep. I, we were hanging out uh, yesterday watching basketball and um, my dad came in from outside and there's a pathway that bandit doesn't like that he walks <laughs> through through the living room to his chair. And my dad started to take that path and my, and bandit quickly let him know that he didn't want him to go that way. So, but it was like, I quickly jumped up and, you know, got him away and everything was fine after that. So at least now we have a better management of when he does react because before it was just yelling and screaming and grabbing him and, you know, <laughs> just, just chaos. So so now at least there's, there's more order to, to, to the madness, I guess. Well, and it's just like having a plan in place instead of just feeling like you've got to just like run into like, oh shit moment and just grab him. Right. Like, right. Um, right. right. Okay. But generally speaking, how are you feeling about bandit and your dad? Are you less worried? Like just because you know what to expect more? Yeah. I, I feel, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with the idea of, me going out of town again, like for an extended period. Like I know I'm going to be traveling for work coming up. So I I knew that we had to figure something out before I could go on, you know, be gone for a week. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. I know we'll still, we'll still continue to work and I'll still, I'll have to show my mom some things um, just to get her prepared. So if, if he does react like that like he did yesterday then we know how to handle it so it's not going to escalate from where it was so yeah and everyone I think that this is a really really good reminder that like 
there's no end point, right? It's not like we do like one thing for a couple of weeks and then like everything is solved, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always joke in the group calls, right? That I'm like, if I had magic training dust, I would just give it to you. I would just mm-hmm. let you have it. But that's not the way that true behavior modification works, right? So slowly but surely, right? You have tools in place. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it happen less frequently, but most importantly, you understand what to do. And I think too, just like having the awareness and the understanding of like the specific things that trigger bandit and being able to like work inside those parameters instead of feeling like, oh my God, bandit, are you just going to go off on my dad for no reason? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I'm very much more attuned to what he's doing, like what, how he's feeling. So appreciate that too. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the leash reactivity because he can be a bit reactive to people out in the, in the world under the right circumstances. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, especially like, uh, people walking up behind us, like if they were to kind of sneak up on us, then that's, that's a recipe for disaster if they're (laughs) too close. And it seemed like it, it, it didn't really matter how far away they were. Like if he saw them, then he was going to be barking and lunging at them. It, it made all pretty much all walks very stressful. Um, we still did it, you know, three day, times a week, three times a day. I, I mean, but it's like I was avoiding every, you know, every dog, every person, you know, taking these wild routes to to stay, you know, isolated from everyone else. So, um. At least now we can go to the park again and see people and people have sneaked up on us and hasn't been a big deal to him. So really appreciate that. Yes. Oh my God. Huge progress, right? Mm -hmm. Huge progress in this facet of his reactivity. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So before you join Reactive Redefine, your major plan was basically just like avoid, avoid, avoid. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's talk just a little bit about some of the strategies that I, I had you implement, right? So those of you listening who have heard some of these case study episodes, you have heard me talk about find it because it's a very simple, easy behavior that can be super beneficial. And I think for bandit, like just the nose touch and the find it, just like yes. the combination of those and you knowing how to use them has been mm-hmm. huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. We started with doing nose touches before I had really like dived into the curriculum and those were, were really useful at that time, but then we got it more into find it. And that was much better than even the nose touches just because he's such a nose down dog. Anyway, he's always sniffing. So, you know, he'll, he'll look for a treat for, for 10 minutes and, you know, miss the person walking by that's two feet away. So find it it has been a lifesaver. Well, and it's like one of those things too, that like his short legs, he's closer to the ground. It's probably yeah. easier for you just to throw a treat for him than try and bend down and get it to him anyways, yeah. right? Like just right. just like those small little logistical things, right? Uh-huh. That like for you guys as a team, that was a much easier behavior to, to do. And it was one that like, you didn't really have to train per se. You were able to just use it right yeah. away. Right, right. Yeah, Okay. So not only, right, were we using the the findings, but we're also just doing some look at thoughts, right? So really kind of combining, mm-hmm. he notices the person, he gets to go and look for a treat. He notices mm-hmm. a person, he gets to go and look for a treat. Do you want to yeah. just speak to like how it felt kind of uh, getting in the rhythm of using that and then slowly but surely like going more places where you had to use it more? Yeah, I I was pretty nervous like 
to to move away from my total avoidance uh phase of taking him on walks so you know to to feel i it was hard for me to feel comfortable um being within 10 feet of a person so uh the first time we did that there was somebody sitting on the park bench and i decided we were just going to walk on the path past him past that person and uh, we did look at that and find it and he did great. So that was like a major, uh, you know, confidence boost for me. So then after that, it's like, okay, I'm, we can, he can handle it. So <laughs> we started, we started, you know, not steering clear of every single person after that. Yes. Oh my God. And I remember that first video where I was like, reactive dog where, right? Like, yeah. I don't see a reactive dog. Right. right. Yeah. And I think totally to, to your point, right? Like, I think that having those experiences where you're attached to a dog, you're solely responsible for them and they like lunge or snap at people. That is a really unpleasant feeling, right? Like you Mm -hmm. don't want to feel like that. Right. So, you know, sometimes it takes just those little exercises to boost that confidence. Like, okay, right. We're going to understand the why and when he will do it and do Mm -hmm. all of these other things to prevent him from getting there. Right. So I love that that gave you that boost of confidence because since then you have I mean, not that you don't avoid under certain circumstances, but with people, like you really have the tools to be successful. Yeah. He's been, he's almost seeming like he doesn't care about people anymore, which is amazing. Dogs (laughs) are still, still, we're still working on dogs, but um, people, you know, we'll, we will pass runners and, you know, just other people out walking, like the lady who stopped yesterday to to ask him about his breed and stuff. She was very close and he didn't care about her at all. So that it's major improvements for him. Yes, totally, totally. And it just makes getting out and walking him just that much more beneficial and enjoyable for both of you, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Because sure. Vanda's the type of dog who's going to enjoy himself no matter what, right? Like yeah. he can't be drugged down. He's going to sniff. He's going to find trash. He's going to live his best yeah. life. It was really yeah. you who needed to like enjoy the outing a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I felt like I was always using walks as just like, let's just get out and get 30 minutes in and then get back inside. So now it's like, we're more leisurely. We're just, we're just walking around. We're letting him. You can saunter. You can enjoy fall springs. You can look at flowers. Like you can do things that before maybe you wouldn't have spent the time doing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. And seeing his happy ass body language is just everything, right? Like his tail is up, his ears are forward. He's just like strutting. You can just tell he's just like living his best life. And the footage of the two of you is the best, like, and he, before you were walking him, it's not like he was never paying attention to you, but his ability to respond to cues and engage with you has just increased tremendously. Has it not? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just calling his name now, he'll, he'll look back at me when before I used to have to like yank on his leash and, you know, <laughs> I, I was trying to teach him, look at me, um, like oh, long before, before I joined this, but, and that never really worked out too well, but, um, just like calling his name and just, uh, I don't know. I never thought that would get this level of like, uh, engagement from him. And then we just, we just got some new, uh, freeze dried beef liver, which that helps a lot too. (laughs) Totally, totally. Having the right reinforcements in place and being able to reinforce him. Okay. So 
let's talk just a little bit more about dogs behind fences, right? Because that's one that there are some times we're obviously still need to avoid. I remember you telling me about some boxers that we're not totally sure they will stay behind their fence. So maybe yes, not the best yes. training opportunity, Yeah, but just where you walk in, there just are dogs behind fences. So because of that, you just had a lot of opportunities to work through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the main, the main routes that I walk in for neighborhood walks, we walk past these two little dogs that love to fence fight and they stick their little heads out underneath and Banda just can't resist <laughs> uh, trying to get you can't turn down them. being shit talked to right yeah it's like yeah. mom I gotta tell them <laughs> yeah yeah and most of the time well now it's it's not so much barking and um you know lunging the whole entire time we're walking past that fence now it's more like I'm gonna lunge once or twice and then I'll come back to you and get a treat and then I'll go to sniffing. So we've it's still stressful when we walk past them there and just just a little bit, but it's so much better than than it was because before it was like I was like going to war or something every time we walked past there. Holding on for dear life, like okay, this is about to pop off. This is about to pop off. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, really his ability to disengage, check in with you, shake it off, let it go. Like Mm -hmm. that is looking really good. Right. So that, and I think that there was likely a level of trigger stacking that was happening before you had all of these tools and that probably Mm -hmm. was contributing to some of the reactivity towards people also. Right. So it's like now that we're preventing him from like going over thresholds, staying over thresholds, being super worked up. I think Mm -hmm. that that has just made it so much easier for him to participate and engage with you when you need him to, because he's just a little bit more like baseline bandit instead of like the really heightened version of himself. Right. And I've just noticed like doing little, little things like when we first get outside, because there's always a huge surge of energy. Like when we first get outside on, on a walk, Um, but just like doing little find it games or jumping up on the retaining wall and stuff like that. Um, Before we get to that fence, it seems like that really helps. So yes, right. Like you have an opportunity to kind of prime him and be like, Hey, remember like how we do these things together? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good job. Okay. We're doing these things together. Now we're going to go past. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I remember we had our our one-on-one and I was like, do you ever ask him to jump up thing- on things on cue on cue? And you were like, well, he does that naturally. I was like, do it more, right? Like yeah. that's something he already likes to do. Let's use that mm-hmm. to our advantage. And I love seeing all of your Instagram footage of him just like so damn proud of himself. Like, yeah. look at me standing on this bench. <laughs> yeah. Well, he used to, he used to be kind of scared of like um, picnic benches. And um, we have these like big turtle sculptures like across the way from me and he was so afraid of those but now it's like I don't know he's he's willing to jump on just about anything for me so I like that so fun (laughs) so fun and let's be honest it's kind of like a mood booster on the human end too to be like hey jump up there and he does and you're like yeah "Yeah, look at you like I love it it makes me so happy to see the dogs happy doing these things Mm -hmm. right Yes. Oh my God. God. Okay. So in addition to some of the behavior modification strategies, we, we worked on together. We also just worked on some skills, right? So jumping up on things, pulling off of the trail on cue, walking at your side on cue. Do you want to just kind of speak like how it's been going, working on those, how you've been able to kind of use those a little bit more practically? Yeah. Um, so we, we use the, the pullover cue, um, when people are just a little too close or dogs or, 
you know, especially dogs. So we'll pull off like 10 feet and we'll play, uh, look at that and find it, or, you know, just look at that. And uh, that's been going really well. He's getting better and kind of decreasing space every time we have that opportunity. Um, so I'm really, he's really enjoying it too. So I'm happy for him for that. uh, So it gets to be this fun thing instead of like holding on for dear life and hoping he doesn't lunge and bark at people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just been, uh, obviously we've been working on walk at my side, but uh, he's also just been offering it a lot more um, because he probably because I have a beef liver in my, (laughs) in my pouch, but I don't know. He's just, he's always looking at me way more than, than he used to for, Anytime, anytime he sees something that may have triggered him in the past, he's he'll, he'll look at it and then he'll look back at me like, where's my treat? I looked at it. Oh my God. Okay. So everyone, because you can't see right now, Bandit is so happy. He's laying in <laughs> Lindsay's lap right now and he's just panting. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm living the dream here. Hi, handsome. <laughs> Hi, handsome. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's a little worked up right now. <laughs> Right. But I mean, to your credit, you put in the time and energy, you literally executed every single thing I encourage you to execute and it's paying off so well. Right. And like, obviously beef liver helps. Right. But I think that in addition to reinforcement history, I think just the trust and the bond between the two of you has really just been like, obviously was there before, but like, to your point, he can see things and be like, Hey mama, you see in that? You're like, yeah, I am. Thanks dude. Thanks for letting me know. Let's just keep going. Like, it's so nice when you get to those moments where the dog doesn't feel like they have to take matters into their own hands, right? Like they genuinely can check in and be like, what are we going to do about this? And you could be like, nothing. We're just going to keep going. And he can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. That was one, one good thing about the trainer I had previously hired is that he recognized that, that he was trying to make all the decisions like out of fear. So I, the fact that now he's, he's looking to me is, is amazing. Oh my God. Well, and it's like, it's so funny now, like having the confirmed DNA, right? Like, of course he's got some healer in there. That makes so much damn sense. Why he was always like, maybe we just lunge and bark. Like that was his first mode, right? Like, of course yeah. it was, right? All yeah. the, the healer genetics in there. Yeah. yeah. I just can't believe that the the shelter was right about the St. Bernard part. Like I thought that was probably the most far-fetched part of what they told me he was, but no, he, he's got St. Bernard in him. <laughs> oh, no, oh my God. Just a dash of this, a dash of that. Yeah. Dash mm-hmm. of this. Oh my God. Okay. So um, I wanted, I want to just wrap up talking about kind of like the final thing we worked on together, which was people coming to your house, right? So that's something that outside of like your immediate family and people he already knew you were kind of avoiding. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. And it's not all like rainbows and ponies. It's something that you're still kind of avoiding to a certain degree, right? Like brand yeah. new people, but that's yeah. okay. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I wanted just to talk a little bit about um, kind of some of the like, training plans that we experimented with and then we kind of tweaked and then kind of got to like a more successful recipe Mm -hmm. right for particularly so originally you were having him stay on his place and you wanted him to stay there while they were coming all the way in right right okay and that wasn't wildly successful he would go there initially but he wasn't staying right right he for for my parents he would kind of do it, but if I had a friend over or something, it, it just was a was a mess every time. Right. Um, trying to get him to stay in place while somebody walks in. Right, right. So 
something we kind of talked about is not that we should abandon that plan, but how can we tweak that plan so it will be more immediately successful, right? Mm -hmm. So something we talked about is starting him there, but quickly releasing him to greet the people at the front door and then redirecting him to have something in his mouth. Right. Because that was serving more functions that was helping him deal with his excitement, getting something productive in his mouth Mm -hmm. and just making it a little bit smoother of a transition. So do you Mm want to just kind of do you want to kind of speak to that? Because I know we kind of came up with um, some creative solutions of things we could give him to put in his mouth. Yeah. So at first you had offered you thought, well, just give him a toy. But it's like he, he won't take a toy on command. It has to be a contraband item. So we decided on uh, a sock because uh, he is a notorious sock stealer. So I tied a knot in a sock and then we <laughs> we tested it out and it went great. He took the sock and he loved the sock and he didn't care about the person that walked in. So <laughs> the sock worked. <laughs> okay. And those creative solutions are like some of the best dog training, right? Like mm-hmm. socks, highly motivating. Fine. If socks are highly motivating, let's use those to our advantage. Right. Mm -hmm. And just make it a smoother transition. And I think that, you know, while your original plan of like having him stay on his place, not that that's a bad plan, but like for Bandit, that wasn't a feasible plan that was going to work right Right. away. So like, we don't need to drill a plan that's not successful. Let's just shift that plan so we can be successful. Right. And I think, you know, it's so funny, like the healer genetics now, right? Like knowing that dynamic, because of course Mm -hmm. he just needs something in his mouth. He needs something productive to do with his mouth. And we did that. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. been really successful. So like I said, it's not like you can just have any random person over and that's going to be successful. But now you have this plan that you can continue to practice with people he knows and slowly but surely bring in maybe some people he doesn't know. Yeah. Yep. And it's something like I always knew that he was so much better when he had something in his mouth. Like when we were out on walks, like long before I even really knew what a reactive dog was if he had found a p- piece of trash or something and or you know just some random toy on the side of the road and walked past people he didn't care about them at all because he had something in his mouth so it's just nice to connect those dots with you know these training exercises well and kind of fast track the plan right and be yeah. like it that long he doesn't have to stay for forever what else could yeah. we do that could be successful right mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god oh my yeah. god bless bless his dr seuss character heart okay so do you want to do you want to talk um or just share a little bit with the listeners about the group calls the group calls were so fun we had such a good group this yeah i i really enjoyed the group calls it was i don't know having a reactive dog can feel really isolating just because i don't know anybody who has who deals with a dog like this um i'd never really been around a dog like this with people who are willing to work with them they would just kind of you know they'd be the outside dog or um be the be the, you'd get sent to a farm or something like that's that's how dogs like bandit were dealt with like when I was growing up so um it's nice to know that there's so many other people in different places dealing with the same type of issues it just made me feel a lot better about it and then just seeing how how other dogs are dealing with issues. Like I, I know we never talked to like about the U-turn, like just us two, but seeing the other dogs do it in those calls, it's like, Oh, we can use that. So, and we have used that. So I don't know. I've just, I've really enjoyed those. I'm sad that they're coming to an end. <laughs> you know, right. It's just like, 
having that group of people to be inspired by and motivated Mm -hmm. by, right? Because to your point, like it can feel so deflating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially like when you have a big challenge and it's kind of like, cool, well, that was a huge fail and that kind of sucked. But then be able to come into the group calls, we can just kind of hold space and be like, that did suck. You are allowed Mm -hmm. to feel bad about that. But what went well, right? What's going well? And I think that So much of it is just making sure that like we have the emotional tools to like be in the headspace to keep doing the work, right? Because if we get deflated, it's kind of like not super motivating to do more of the work, right? Like, "Eh, well, maybe I won't. But the group calls are the best, right? And like, even though some of the teams are working on like some different things, yeah, then you get to get inspired and be like, damn, that U-turn worked really well. That's something really we could work on. And then you can reference the course content, right? And be like, oh, there's the U-turn training video. Okay, right. cool. I'm going to watch that. Perfect. Now I know how to execute it. Yep, exactly. That, that's exactly how it went. So, oh my God. Oh my God. I love it so much. Okay. So um, do you want to share anything else about Bandit and your current training plan through Reactive Redefined? I don't know. I, f- I feel like we had like a big standout moment. Um, a few weeks ago. And that was when, um, my dad, I I was, I had come home from work and I, or come to my parents. I can't, I always call it home because I lived there my whole life. And yeah, it is technically. (laughs) I've been gone for years, but I still call it home. Um, I came there and, um, was getting bandit and we were, you know, sitting on the couch and my dad had gotten up and, I didn't say anything to Bandit at all, but Bandit automatically like jumped up and got in his place in their living room and looked at me. So that was like the cool, the coolest moment. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, whatever it, we're doing is working. It so. is working. It mm-hmm. is working. Oh my God. So beautiful. So beautiful. Okay. So Lindsay, tell everyone Bandit's Instagram handle so they can see his cuteness yeah. on the gram. Oh, it's the weather Bandit. Um there's a long story behind that, but it's, it's not really that funny or anything, but sometimes he does weather reports. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. his weather reports. I love his yeah. fall spring weather reports, right? Yes. Like yeah. there is a flower blooming, but it actually is cold and it sucks outside. Daffodils, <laughs> but it's 32 degrees outside. Oh my God. Oh my God. Bandit, yeah. you're expressing how we all feel about fall spring. Yes, yeah. you are. Oh my God. Okay. So it's at, it's just the weather bandit. Yeah, no, no spaces, no underscores. Amazing. Okay. And we will be sure to link that up in the show notes so everyone can find you. Okay. So Lindsay, if you were going to offer a piece of advice to someone who has a reactive dog and maybe they tried some training, maybe it didn't super work. What would you tell them? Um, I would say keep going. Uh, Sometimes I, I, I tried a lot of things alone and I don't know, this, this course has like really helped me like connect the dots with all the things that I had previously been working on so it's just nice to have that support um and you know to anybody out there just know that there are lots of us other people out there that with the same issues and you know we we all understand (laughs) that's the bright side of instagram right is like the beautiful reactive dog community that you get to connect with in that Mm -hmm. way so maybe some of you are listening and you're like I don't know if I can afford to get training right now. Instagram and the reactive dog community is a brilliant place to start. It really is. There's so many amazingly empathetic and kind teams who are willing to kind of share what they've gone through. Right. So if you're new to reactive dogs, you didn't even know you had a reactive dog until recently. It's okay. (laughs) We all find ourselves in that position at some point. 
Yeah. The dog that actually probably was the most, the one that really pushed me to, to join this was, I don't, do you remember Banjo? Of course I remember Canada. Banjo. Yes. Love Banjo. Banjo. <laughs> yeah. His, his mom has been really helpful throughout this whole thing. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Shout out to them. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.